What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly. And uh, whilst we are taking a bit of a hiatus, I thought I'd throw some other stuff out there. Uh, not too long ago, my brother from another mother and myself, Julian Darius, did a short series of uh, videos called we call 20th Century Geek Bite Size. And so I've clumped them together and they're going to be released uh, across this uh, week. I'm going to put them out there. Just a bit of a taster. They're quite short and they're quite wonderful. Uh, each one's a different idea. So... Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy some bite size. Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek Bite Size. We are back and Julie and I are going to be pitching again. That's right. We are those dirty mother pitchers and uh, we have got some more stuff for you today. So in the last couple episode, we pitched a Green Lantern movie, uh, but now we're going to be pitching something taking a standard character and taking them out of their usual genre. Um, but first and foremost, Julian, how are you doing? You good? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm enjoying this. This is, this is, these pictures and things are being interesting. Um, yeah, we definitely have to think on our feet and you know, you and I have trouble keeping to half an hour. So it's like gotta be wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> so, some of these have, have been, I, will, I will admit have been, you know, like you say, challenge to try and uh try and uh keep to the time but we will we will keep to time on these as much as possible so uh, you i'll tell you what you went first with your uh the green lantern pitch so i'm, I'm going to jump in with the first one for this if you don't mind um and so i had to real sort of wrap my brain for this one um because i think some characters have done all kinds of different things and have been all over and, and, and lots of things have been done with it. And I thought, could I, could I do a standard character, like Superman or Batman or whatever? And I thought, no, no, no. Um, I want to do a character that sort of definitely hasn't been used in other genres. So I went with Captain America. Uh, and Captain America, I think, has only ever really been used as sort of like an action-adventure kind of, and a, and a spy character. Not really done anything outside of that genre at all. Um unless it's been in like an Avengers story, really. So I also then, there's a story, there's an episode of the X-Files called, I think it's called Sleep. <clears throat> and it's got a character in it who, during, um, I think it's supposed to be the Vietnam War, uh, had some testing and medical stuff done on him, which means he no longer has to sleep. And he is haunted by the apparitions of all the people that he killed during his time in the war. And I was like, that, to me, is the story I want to tell. So I wanted to put Captain America into a supernatural horror. Mm. And I wanted him to have to face up to, like, you know, I know he's supposed to be with the sword and shield and all this other stuff, but, you know, and with Bucky as well, like Bucky and, they always talk about Bucky and Black Widows in the Winter Soldier and Black Widow, and their Red Ledger and all the people they've killed. Let's not kid ourselves, right? <laughs> Captain America was in the Second World War for a number of years, and I'm pretty sure that he would have had to do some, you know, 
get down and dirty to save people's lives or even for own purposes to win the war. Like he would have done things. And I really like the idea of him, for whatever reason, having to go back to, say, you know, Europe, going back to the battlefields of France um, and having to face up to the literal ghosts of the people that he killed and failed to save um, and being like literally haunted by by these apparitions and really going for some gothic horror um art style like getting you know forget all the bright blue or red and red white and blue and you know all that kind of stuff like i want to get this dark and have it you know um in my head him visiting like a farm village that 70 80 years ago you know was was the source of a battle and it's still a farm village because you know parts of europe are very much like that and it just being gray and drab but they're like, no, no, no. This is we have a we have a graveyard out there with just rocks on because we don't know who these people were, and just you know these apparitions coming up and, and literally him having to face it off against these ghosts. What do you think? So what is the? I, I like it. What is I and I like Captain America. I mean, I like. I think he's a lot more versatile, as you suggest, mm. than. Um, you know, I've always thought of Captain America as sort of like a missed opportunity to uh, do sort of stories that are more war stories, more about sort of like PTSD. I mean, they've had like stories where he uh, fights the government, you know, I mean, there's yeah. the Richard Nixon stuff. Um, but you know, so so I, about the supernatural stuff, is something triggering these ghosts? I mean, I love that this X-Files episode that you cite and, and connecting these two is very smart. So what what's the, is there a, you know, an amulet. I mean, what's causing these ghosts to come up, or is it just that they they're they're ghosts in this universe? I just think there's just ghosts in this universe. Like he's, he's got to put them to rest, and it's. But I think it would be that thing of coming to terms with something that he's never had to face up to. Like <clears throat> one of the things I, I would like to sort of, if we were going to do this story, would be. I mean, with Cap, you say, you know, they've always sort of kept him in that sort of, like, action. They've done the war stories and this other stuff. I mean, you know, they've even sort of faced up to, um, you know, the, the secret past of Captain America, like, or the, at least the super soldier serum. They had the the first Captain America, or the first Captain was really a black, um, uh, you it's know, a, Captain The America. truth. Yeah, the truth. Well, and, great and, series. And, yeah, great series. But there's never really, whenever they've done the war flashbacks, apart from maybe like when they did the Winter Soldier stuff, again, you know, we talked about a couple episodes ago, the Brubaker stuff and, and some of the stuff with Winter Soldier, they've gone into the fact that this was basically a 16-year-old kid that they used because he was smaller to go in and kill people. Like, But that, to me, like if, that, if Cap's letting that happen, like I'm like, mm, that's not good. Like, there's something, you know, like it's war. Well, yeah, fine, but... I almost want it to be there's something like, yeah, if it was to be the last survivor of World War Two, you know, some of those guys he landed with Normandy are dying off. They're all going. And the last one, he goes to see one of the last guys, and they just say to him, like, you know, you've got to you've got to acknowledge, I don't know, whatever the name of the French village would be. And just people are like, What's he talking about, Cap? Like, what's this? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the more he looked into it, the more like, yeah, this 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 village reports like you know all kinds of different things. Like it's it's never survived. The crops always fail. There's always this. There's always mm. that. And Cap just goes to visit it, and all of a sudden it just kicks off. You know, like, like it would in an X Files or, or Ghostbusters or something. And it's all of a sudden this thing of like, yeah, this would he, he, the acknowledgement that he, although he was a symbol, 
Mm. You know, although he was supposed to be the patriot and they had all these propaganda photos and the the reels of him, the newsreels of him stood astride, you know, a destroyed panzer tank sort of standing proud, all these other soldiers. The fact is that what they're not showing is behind that panzer tank are a bunch of Nazi soldiers and villagers that got blown to pieces in this battle. And he was a part of that. And here's the thing is like, as all these people die off, the only person that carries the sort of like the singular sort of guilt and ownership for these is Captain America. Like, you know, it was distributed across all these people. It was war, but now it's sort of focusing in on Cap because he's the only survivor to ever sort of come out of this. And so he must return and like, he has to turn around to the people that know him and he has to say, yeah, yeah, no, I did some shit in that war. Like, yeah, you know, there's a reason I can use this accurately as a Frisbee. Like, I was taking off heads. I was doing all kinds of things. <laughs> like, you know, and it, it, I, I would like to see that as these apparitions sort of like really facing up to him. But like the responsibility of like for 75, 70 plus years, this part of Europe has been drenched in this, this mm. inability to move forward because of these events. And, mm. You know, he's the only one really that can purge it by acknowledging that this stuff that, yeah, you know, we were both sides. We were the greatest generation, but let's not kid ourselves. We did, you know, it's, it's not, Vietnam wasn't the first war where we did some pretty nasty things. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to ask about the supernatural element, but I, I, I do want to applaud exactly that theme. Uh, and say that, you know, everyone who I've ever talked to who was in World War II, including relatives in my family, basically was like, yeah, there was no glory there. I mean, we did a good thing, right? But the day-to-day life, there was no, I mean, it was war as hell. And, you know, we saw a lot of messed up stuff. And, you know, you're, you know, you're, was I glad to kill Nazis? Sure. But I was mostly glad it wasn't me that was dead. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's really was their experience more than anything. Um, so about the supernatural element, I think I think you said like you know really play that up, and I think that's the right instinct. You know, like don't have it be. I love the themes that you're getting at, but I, I think the instinct of like don't have it be like a sort of grace notes in the plot, mm. but really play that up, go full force and have this be a full force Captain America supernatural story of like he goes into that like French village or whatever and it's just like there are spirits, there's hauntings, stuff's moving in the night, you know. Would you go like full like Ghostbusters versus like uh ho- like real horror? Where would you find I've, that tone? Have you seen Crimson Tide? Yes. Crimson Peak, Crimson Peak, sorry, the Guillermo del Toro. Mm. Um, there's a scene in that where um, uh, Amanda, uh, what's her face, Sonnenfield, whatever it is, she, she's at the thing and the spirit of her mom comes back. And the way that Guillermo de Toro depicts them, like, it, it sort of like, it almost like pulls itself out the floor. And it's not like this jitter, I hate, you know, these like jittering ghosts that sort of move. Oh, oh yeah. That bothers me. I mean, it's fine, but this thing's like spiritual. It's got like, um, I mean, it's all practical as well, but it's almost got like a shroud of smoke and shadow around it. But this sort of red, um, deteriorating face in the middle, um, you know, and it's an it's a it's an apparition that's you know it represents her guilt and also her sorrow. That's how I'd see them. Like it would start, as you say, like if you were to do this as a horror comic. It would start with the little things, like you know, it start with him having to visit, and it'd be the smaller things, like he would talk to someone. 
asking for directions you'd see them there you turn back and then they're gone and you know there's little things and mm-hmm. um s- seeing i think the thing is, is this would all come down to a single experience you would keep seeing a single figure and it, whether it be i don't want it to be the trope of a little girl but like a single figure and i would like it to probably actually in fact it would be a, a nazi officer and he would keep seeing this nazi officer in the field or on a bridge or in a window or something and then, then like you say little things would happen like you know it could be as daft as like his shield is moved when he's like you know he, he woke up <laughs> and it's on the chair the next morning it's on the shelf and that sort of thing silly little things and it would escalate and then in the shadows of things like you know he would see a shadow and just the part of a shadow looks like the silhouette of a something else but when he gets there there's nothing there i, I want to sort of tap into like the mr james or um uh, those sort of like you know gothic horror sort of like you know uh, late victorian early 20th century kind of horror stories and just have it constantly build up like there's no adventure in this story there's no mm. and the problem for cap is there's no one to punch right right you know no, I mean? that's, that's good the, right that's the thing like he keeps you know he, the, there's the frustration and the build-up and this thing like that there's no one for him to punch there's no one to throw his shield at and eventually like, i think you'll the, the the reveal would be at the end of all this, this this figure that he keeps seeing is, as you say, is that there was a situation where he was pinned down in some way. Like, yeah, he's super strong and all this stuff, but he was pinned down, and the only way for him to survive was to kill someone up close and personal. Mm-hmm. You know, he bayoneted this guy to death. Like, you know, and he didn't do it to save a village. He didn't do it to save a young, you know french girl or whatever he literally did it to su- to survive in a moment of desperation he's human like he's not you know, he's, he's still human at the end of the day mm-hmm. and that's and you, know, you realize that this is the guilt that actually this is the one killing that he can't justify in all of the war and so it's been hanging over him and that's what he's got to face up to this this thing and like you know that's what this figure is it sort of represents this guilt of of all of these acts throughout the war um and i'm not sure how the resolution would be because you know i don't want it to be like poltergeist or anything like that like you know part of it may be that even that it it's something like you know you're going to come to terms with this but you're still going to see this thing like the, the resolution is just going to have to be him acknowledging this but i want it to be like he has to acknowledge this or this darkness in this village is just going to keep growing and mm. that the people in the village are, just, are becoming you know encompass within this kind of thing uh within the, the legacy of this this these events there could be like you know strange deaths like uh a guy <laughs> drove off the road because he saw something and you know like it's not just like crops have failed and and you know i mean it could be like uh sort of a kind of escalation there i think i think having those themes of guilt and having those themes of uh the legacy of violence um feel as if they've played out successfully if if that lands, this is an amazing, awesome story. You know, mm. if you can get that to really feel, you gotta really feel that. That that, that that's the point of this. Like the, the ghosts have got to represent. Them. I don't. I want it to be a full on supernatural horror story, but mm. I don't want it to just be ghosts for ghost's sake. They've got to be. You know, um, they've got to represent something, especially if you're using Captain America. Um, yeah. In, you know, in, in that way. So that's mine. That's that's my pitch of taking a character out of his norm. Um, and the more I've talked about it, the more I want to see it now, actually. So throwing it Me out. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay then, Julian, what have you got for us? Well, I really struggled with this one, uh, you know, and I, and I thought about, you know, I'm a big out of Strange Fran and, you know, 
I thought about like, oh, Adam Strange, uh, detective stories. I thought about like Martian Manhunter, detective story, like that American Secrets miniseries and stuff and all those like uh, Marvel noir series. And, and I thought, yeah, you know, what is it that I really like? What is it that I really would like to write or to see? And, um, and I came back to history. And, you know, it occurred to me what I'd really love to see is, and I, I sort of have two versions of this. Um, the first one is like, say, a 12-issue comic series where starring Wonder Woman, mm. who is in some versions, you know, immortal, Paradise Island's kind of skipping through time. It's been around a long time. And it's sort of written as sort of every issue is Wonder Woman in, you know, Greek times and Periclean Athens, you know, maybe she leaves the island every once in a while to sort of see if they're ready for, you know, mm. man's world is ready for their truth or, or what's going on. Um, and so, you know, you'd go uh, from sort of, uh, you know, the ancient Greeks, you'd have like a Roman chapter, you'd have, you know, and you'd get all the way through like Victorian, you know, <laughs> England and, you know, you'd be able to tell all these stories and they could be quiet stories. Uh, mm. I'm thinking about like, you know, sort of Sandman and the, the you know, Roman story in Sandman um, where, yeah, she's got her superpowers, but they're almost never used. You know, mm. it's really just a quiet story of sort of watching humanity evolve and watching man's world evolve as uh, and how she appreciates certain changes, you know, and, and uh, certain things and, and doesn't, you know, uh, others. Um, maybe she sees, you know, repression of women in uh, the Middle Ages and, you know, says, oh, well, you know, they've gone back. Uh, they think they're better because they believe in this Christian God. We're still worshiping the, you know, the yeah. old gods. Um, and, you know, how does she react to that span of history in just these quiet chapters? Um, so that, that was sort of my idea. And then I thought, so version two is, I mean, I'd like to see that. Mm. Well, version two is if might be a little more commercial, which is um, my it's the same sort of idea. Twelve issue series with the history. But um, I think that the Superman origin story is for shit. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just it's a cool idea. But, you know, come on. These aliens look just like us. You know, Kryptonians mm. are like, oh, they look like white people. You know, white <laughs> and they they landed in a white territory, right? Um, obviously, that's a lie, right? Mm. So, you know, this would be sort of this idea would be sort of thinking about like Superman Red Sun, one of my favorite stories. Imagine if instead Superman landed in a different time, mm. and then imagine if uh, uh, simultaneously. Yeah, you know, what I've always thought is, yeah, he's not really the son of uh, Jor-El, okay? He's a clone. The The ship made him, you know? Mm. So, like, the ship is making, uh, you know, there are different incarnations, different landings, different attempts to, you know, seed humanity with the Kryptonian or whatever. And so, again, you sort of have, like, they did this a little bit with, like, you know, the Kents, where you're, like, telling mm. the West story with the Kent. But this would be like sort of Superman Red Sun, except what does a Superman in Roman times look like? What does a Superman in, you know, Greece? What does this medieval Superman look like? And just have each of these incarnations 
and what their powers would be interpreted at, in different ways, right? Well, the Greek gods blessed him, you know, well, this is a, a miracle or he's possessed by Satan, you know? And so, again, just sort of ex quiet. I mean, there'd be maybe more superpowers in this than the Wonder Woman version, but, um, but again, not consequential, you know, mm. does, doesn't change history, you know, um, and, and really sort of explores how this alien would be perceived or these different aliens, the string of aliens would be perceived in different times. So two different kind of slightly different versions on the same idea. I, I like the idea that to the Wonder Woman one, you know, if, if as she grows up, like, you know, because obviously you you could age her up throughout the different eras, you know, being sent out into the world is a learning lesson, but saying, you know, part of it is like, if you want to return to Themyscira, you cannot, you know, the moment you utilize the gifts you have is the moment that the shutters come down and you cannot get but to Themyscira. So that's sort of like, I'd like to have that as the limiter. Like, yeah, she sees these small, these injustices, but she's like, oh, but I want to go home. Like the world is not, I'm, I'm not ready to go out into the world yet. Um, so interfering, but not, you know, bashing out the lasso or sort of crashing through things to get it done. Um, I would. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, especially sort of like you say, seeing almost like the progression of women through like you know ancient Greek and all those other times to then go to sort of like some point medieval Europe, um, or even later to sort of like you know, if you had sort of her traveling the world and she ends up in Th in Salem in the sort of 1600s and you're like, she's yeah. like, I'm seeing these women burnt as witches. And I can't really do anything about it, but I can try and interfere, intercede a little. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I, I like the idea of that, especially, like, say, if you put the limiter on it, it's like she can't bash out the armor and, you know, all that kind of stuff and interfere. Um, that would be really interesting. The one thing I'd say, is I like that because, again, because she is immortal and she can do that. And it could have that thing of like, each one could be a lesson as well, like a life lesson that you could probably parallel with modern day wonder mm -hmm. woman of like you know how those have influenced her and decisions she's made with the superman one i also say go on i was just gonna say every every episode of the you know wonder woman <laughs> ends with uh you know the last cup page is gal gadot in paris you know remembering it. <laughs> yeah just sat there going one day this will come in this will come become important <laughs> for a storyline um uh, the Superman one, would they all be, because obviously Superman is tantamount to immortal, you know, being powered by the sun and that sort of thing. So would you not, would you end up with like an accumulation of secret Superman on Earth? Yeah, I mean, that would be my idea is, is that mm. it's not really the same Superman. It's kind of like, I don't know how long Superman lives, but, you know, like, ideally, my version of it would be like Superman of the present is like, oh, I wasn't the first, you know, like yeah. everything I know is wrong. There are these other guys who are, who are just like, oh, you know, yeah, now this is the first one who lives in a multimedia age in which this is actually going to be reported around the world and not just seen as like, oh, some tribes people claim that, you know, now there's documentary proof. And that's the only thing that differentiates the Superman from these other ones, which, you know, any version of my Superman is always a guy who finds out everything I know is wrong. And, you know, mm. Jor-El was the bad guy, you know, obviously. Yes. Uh, to me. Yeah. What would be the resolution to that, then? What's the final 
um, issue. <laughs> well, I mean, the final issue could be present day, you know. Yeah. But it, it could just be a lark. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I mean, I'm not sure DC would be like, yeah, sure. Screw <laughs> Superman's origins. You know, it could just be, you know, like a series of kind of fantasy Elseworlds things of sort of like, what would a Greek Superman be like? Well, mm. there's Hercules, right? I mean, it comes from these things. Um, and I and I don't think that we've seen that, at least not done in a way where those episodes are not just kind of like dumb superhero stories, but are really, you know, the, grounded in history and grounded yeah. in an understanding of of how, you know, we evolved. I mean, you could have like, you know, and I want like a Chinese Superman, right? And the idea is also that like this, this, these clones coming out of these ships or whatever, they look like where you land, right? That's why yeah. it's a white guy in Kansas, right? <laughs> so you've got like, you know, a Chinese Superman who's, you know, at, in the 1400s at the height of, you know, Chinese power. Um, and, you know, they've got printing technology. They've got, you know, gunpowder. They're, you know, they're doing great. And it would be cool to have, you know, like we were talking about Miles Morales, you know, in the in the first episode uh, of DC versus Marvel. I think it'd be cool uh, in terms of inclusivity to have a Chinese Superman, to have an Asian Superman, to have these kinds of characters. You see, you could, like I say, it does really open up the whole of history and the whole, all kinds of cultures. Because again, you get those cultural differences as well as those historical differences. So like, you know, how would they de be depicted in... Uh, like you say, ancient China. Would they see him as a, as a god or as a, as a as a as a witch, or compared to say seventeenth century France, where yeah, you know, yeah, I I really like the idea of that as well because again, it's sort of like you know the whole thing of of um, Superman is that you know he became Superman because of the Kents. They were the ones that you know they drove his um, morality. And then, well, if he grows up in these different eras, well, does that morality stand? You know, morality has changed throughout history. So, you know, you could right. show him doing things that were considered good and right of that era. But nowadays, readers would be a bit like, well, I'm not sure I feel comfortable with <laughs> Superman doing these things. Sure. Um and yeah. I like that dislocation. I mean, I, I'm a mm. big fan of not just with like aliens having different morality, but but also that kind of, uh, you know, they, they did it on Battlestar Galactica a bit. You know, that's sort of like, yeah, this is a different culture. You should not always approve of what they're doing. Yeah, and that's true of history, you mm -hmm. know, and not, and not, you know, not just ancient history, but more recent history. Like you can go back and you can, you know, the last sort of 400 years. And, you know, you go back and you, well, let's talk about slavery or the treatment of women or poor people or whatever. Like, you know, they were less liberal in them days. <laughs> so, <laughs> Those days back then. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we mentioned, you know, um, I mean, I was, you know, even people in the 20th century. I mean, you know, um, people who were progressive uh, were not necessarily progressive on all issues. You know, yeah. I mean, people were who campaigning for workers' rights were not down with black rights, you yes. know, and yeah. vice versa. Um, so, yeah, and none of them were down with women's rights because they're all white blokes. <laughs> well, and, you know, the, the suffragette movement was, you know, was split, but, you know, was was not a progressive movement when it came to uh, black rights in the United yeah. States. Uh, not to mention Native Americans. You know, what's a Native American Superman? 
I want that. Like, that's an amazing issue, you know? Yes. Yeah. No, I really like the idea of that. The, the, the diversity and the the ability to sort of throw in loads of different things in there would be really fascinating. Um, I also like going back to the Wonder Woman one, the idea of her being limited mm. and, you know, because, again, you put that morality on her, the, the fact that, like, she is letting certain things happen because she wants to go home at that point mm. um, because she's not ready to go into the world. Um, I think we put, a, you know, a bit of, sh- of a different side on that character as well. When I think, and I think with that one, like the if it is assuming it's it is the same Wonder Woman, which I do, it, like we're always shown her emerging in the present day, and she's like, "Oh, they're treating women so terribly," and it's like, "Yeah, you're lucky you weren't around, you know, yeah. four hundred <laughs> years ago to see what we were doing back then." Yeah. Um, so you know, she'd be less shocked in the present, mm. and um, and it's more, you know, understanding that history. I think would be would be fascinating and and also she in that case she is one of the, my problems with wonder woman is i like when she is herself alien that she is from a greco-roman culture i mean she does not have the same morality that we do and in some ways she's going to be closer to the greeks and watching all this stuff evolve and be like yeah i mean i'm glad for this these changes but there's this other stuff like i don't understand what are they doing Anyway. Yeah. No, I agree. Like the introduction of technology and transport and there'll be all kinds of things. Oh, if yeah. Excellent. Good idea. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Two more pitches that we have thrown out. Uh, a haunted Captain America and uh, Superman and Wonder Woman through the ages. Uh, You're welcome, but... Marvel and DC. See, yeah, we're giving those away <laughs> free. And the way the reason I'm giving them away free is because I want to see them both. <laughs> and Amen. I don't think yeah, I don't think uh, me writing them will get them made at either company. So, um, but ladies and gentlemen, as always, you know we are throwing these out for you to sort of de- discuss and debate. But in the comments below, let us know what you think of what we've said. But also, what are your ideas? What characters would you take out of their usual genre and put somewhere else? And what would you do with them? Let us know. We'll be fascinated to find out. Uh, but as always, uh, thank you, Julian. And uh, we'll we'll see you all on the next episode.